Hey y'all, DJ Louie here, just dropping a preview of our latest Patreon episode about Carly Rae Jepsen's The Loveliest Time. This record, of course, came out last week. It is a B-side slash companion piece to her 2022 album, The Loneliest Time. And I wanted to use the opportunity to get into talking about where Carly Rae Jepsen has been in her career. We obviously did an episode about her very early in the podcast run in 2021, but this has been a low impact period for Carly Rae Jepsen. The Loneliest Time was not particularly huge. I think there was a feeling that maybe she had run out of steam, run out of ideas, or new stuff she was trying wasn't totally connecting in the same way that her old stuff was. And this record, I think, is one of the most interesting things she's done in a while and provides some interesting paths forward for Carly. So I invited Brendan Carly from Service 95, who was, of course, our guest on our Fifth Harmony episode, on the Patreon show to just pick apart Carly and The Loveliest Time and just all the songs and where we think this all might be heading for her. So I have a snippet of it for you here. If you like this and you want to hear the rest of this episode, plus at least three bonus episodes of the show per month and access to our Discord, et cetera, et cetera, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash poppantheon, and I will also put the link in the show notes of this episode. So without further ado, here's a snippet of my conversation with Brendan Carley about The Loveliest Time. Uh-huh. All right. So can you talk about a little bit like you were saying that this isn't technically like being framed as a B-side in the same way that Emotion B-side and or Emotion Side B and Dedicated Side B were. How is this being framed? How is The, lo- the Loveliest Time being framed? So she has talked about this in interviews already, and she has basically said that she always envisioned this not to be a B-side record of songs that were cast-offs or rejects or things that almost made the first album, but things that she was much more considerate about saving for a companion album. So she sees this album, I think, as the second side I know that sounds like a B-side, but as something that right. goes hand in hand with the first record that she like put out. Like a folklore evermore. Exactly vibe. correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the, at this point in her career, I think that's a better way of framing it. I think she's been there, done that with the B-sides, and she easily could have gotten away with doing it. But look at all the attention she's getting by reframing that narrative this time around. Mm-hmm. It feels like more of an event. It feels like mm-hmm. more of a new album. It feels mm-hmm. like there's more momentum behind it. Like there's a narrative to it. And that narrative that she's been talking about is the album she put out last year, The Loneliest Time, was a bit more these COVID sessions for songwriting. Mm -hmm. She's so used to getting in the room with people. She's so used to the collaboration process. She's so used to one way of doing things. And it yielded a little bit of like more introspective songwriting and weirder Mm -hmm. stuff and and Mm -hmm. sad songs, I think, for lack of a better way of putting it, introspective Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think Mm -hmm. those are some of the swings that we were talking about on The Loneliest Time. And The Loveliest Time, she's talked about in interviews, holding some of the songs from those sessions to keep up-tempo stuff, stuff that didn't feel like it fit sonically, stuff that didn't feel like it fit lyrically. Mm. The Loveliest Time is not entirely a love record, a new relationship record, but it definitely feels that way in a lot of its material. She's dating someone new and has been, I think, for the past like year and change. And the songs that make up this record are stuff that she saved and reworked as she has put it, after Mm. The Loneliest Time came out. So when she was touring The Loneliest Time on the tour that you and I saw, and then when she was touring like Europe and the UK last fall, these are songs that she 
lyrically and production wise dug back into she didn't just have them on a shelf finished and then push them out mm, last interesting. week yeah yeah and I'm, I'm interested to hear you talk about the way that she's framing it because i definitely can sense that there's like a different emotional tone to these songs like these definitely feel honestly like for lack of a better word just kind of like loose mm. and sort of fuck it button songs as for yes. lack of a better word like i have this sense of carly as kind of maybe having felt sort of stuck by her like persona and brand of songs and also just like songwriting prowess and it was kind of confining to her as she was getting kind of stuck in this format almost in a way and the reason that I find this set of songs exciting is because I genuinely feel that there's like a exhale or like mm -hmm. a, a feeling of experimentation but not in like a sort of like bearing down sort of way that I felt like there was a pressure for her to expand what she was doing and maybe she perceived that as like I have to get deeper and quieter on The Loneliest Time. I think on this set of songs I feel like maybe for the first time since emotion like a sense of sort of just like freedom and yes. a releasing around kind of like what Carly Rae Jepsen songs are supposed to be and what she's supposed to do and it that's what's making me enjoy them and I think that that comes across to me not in the sense that these are cohesive aesthetically because I don't think that they are I think they work inter if we're thinking just from a production standpoint these sound like the b-side the other b-side albums to me in terms of like they're all over the place but she is definitely trying things on here both in terms of the way she's singing and the way that these songs sound what she's singing about that feel like genuinely new and mm -hmm. that like the hit rate for it working is like way higher than when she has attempted to step out of her box in the past and I mean, let's get into like what's going on here. But like, for instance, this album opens with the song Anything to Be With You that sounds more than anything else like Amory's one thing to yes. me a little bit. Wild, truly wild. jangly funk rock track and the minute I heard that and it, and it works I really like it a lot and like that is certainly a mode that I have never imagined Carly in or heard her in before and I was immediately drawn in by this song because I was just kind of like damn like what an interesting reference point for Carly Rae Jepsen to be this kind of like black R&B soul singer sort of jangly funk rock track and the fact that it is successful sets up what I think are like a lot of the successes on this record can you talk to me a little bit about what whether that resonates for you as what's going on here and maybe what else you feel like is kind of like the, the central sort of ideas and themes and sounds going on in this record completely yeah this record to me took me by such surprise the first time i've heard it and every time i've listened to it since i still find these little pockets of excitement and surprise because it feels so different than anything she's done to me it's the most exciting thing she's done since emotion because it feels so new and fresh yes, it doesn't feel like agree. she's retreading old ground it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. she's mimicking old sounds whether that was something she was intentionally doing or not that's not what i mean it just it, it mm -hmm. feels like she is having fun it feels yes. you, i think loose was such a great way of putting it it feels totally loose mm -hmm. um it feels like she is experimenting in ways that I think maybe she felt confined before, whether that was because of what people expected of her or because of 
expectations she put on herself and and mm -hmm. what she felt that she needed to live up to as a pop star who was selling x number of seat venues and certain things mm -hmm. like that her fans are incredibly passionate and very communicative with her on social media so i'm sure like it's it's no surprise to her what people like and what people don't like from her output and it's nice to hear her sort of say as you said fuck it mode it's it's nice yeah. to hear her sort of like put her middle finger up metaphorically and just sort of lean into creativity for creativity's sake mm -hmm. i also wonder if part of the reason why sonically and lyrically this record is so successful is because she had such a short time to work on it i think historically mm. she's mm. had such a long lead between records comparatively mm. we think of our pop mm. stars usually churning out records in a couple of years mm -hmm. and stuff and she really tends to luxuriate between records she takes three years four and make years. too many fucking songs let's be honest and, and, that, and that's it and i think she i think we all do this but i think she could probably overthink and and mm -hmm. over strategize and think about this that or the other thing and this feels so and i mean this positively slapdash and mm -hmm. thrown together in a way that mm -hmm. makes it feel like a delightful grab bag not mm -hmm. like a random mm -hmm. assortment of grab bag mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. though it is also very considered. I was reading an interview she did with Variety and was like, no, I wanted to start the album this way. Like, I felt very intentional about starting us off with anything to be with you because it was unlike anything I've ever done before. I wanted it to feel like you heard this little click and then you heard me chanting the never over refrain and I wanted it to feel like you were entering this new world and I find it to be incredibly successful. I agree with you in that as an album, if you are listening to it sequentially, it can be a little jarring going from one mm -hmm. song to another. It mm -hmm. absolutely feels like summer 2023 playlist dot Spotify. Mm -hmm. Like it just, mm -hmm. it does sort of feel like stuff you've thrown together on your own. But I don't mind that in this yeah. instance because it is yeah. so different for her. And I think, hopefully, if I'm crossing my fingers as a stand and anticipating what this means for her, that she has felt the response to this and internalizes it and springboards off of it for whatever comes next. And obviously, we'll dive into the songs much yeah. more deeply, but I think there's so much fertile ground in several mm -hmm. of these songs in particular mm -hmm. that I'm like, mm -hmm. she could go in two or three different directions based off of the most successful stuff on this record. And that next album could just be like the mm. best thing that she's put out since Emotion. I completely agree and I'd love to hear maybe as the next sort of way mm. to get into some of these songs what those are for you what do you feel like are the most promising directions that come up on these songs for me there are two very clear different ways that she could go with this mm -hmm. and I also think that these are the two different paths that she's sort of walked over the course of her career with mm -hmm. and since emotion mm-hmm one is bangers Carly and one is slow introspective Carly. And I think mm -hmm. maybe we start with slow introspective Carly because I think okay. from, for our purposes, that might be the more interesting one since everyone talks okay. about bangers Carly. Sure. Let's talk about something like collage. Sure. That song is the best not Kali Uchi song I have ever heard anybody <laughs> I, make. I wrote that in my note. I wrote Tame Impala meets Kali Uchi's psychedelic R&B Groover question mark. Yeah, and it's it's giving me very much like a natural fit. Like she tried this slipper on and was like, mm -hmm. oh, 
this is it. This is the perfect Mm -hmm. fit. And I didn't even Mm -hmm. know that this was something that I could do or wanted to do. And here it is. And it fits perfectly. I would love to hear like a 10 or 12 track album that's in this sonic sphere of slow and sexy and considered and woozy Mm -hmm. and psychedelic. And and like she's been leaning more into sexy and grown up stuff on these most recent releases, which I love for her because I feel like for so long she felt for one reason or another shoehorned into pity shit. Like I really Mm -hmm. like you is a (laughs) bop. I really like right, you as like, a bot. Like, like her perspective was that of a 15-year-old girl a lot. Uh, completely. But like she was a yeah. grown 30-something-year-old when I really like yes. you came out. People forget that yes. Carly Rae Jepsen is like a little bit older than her music yeah. has often betrayed oh, her to be. Sure. And so I really appreciate that she's like, no, this is grown woman shit. Like this album in particular, she's singing about some sexy stuff. And I'm like, yeah, give, yes. us, a, give us a 10 to 12 track album that really fits your voice that really yeah. fits this new sound that yeah. for me is such a fascinating way to go especially because and we can dig into this too but she's working with certainly some people she's worked with before on this record but there are some new people in the mix here that i'm like oh she's willing to bring new folks into the room she's willing to experiment she's listening to other stuff like to me what this reads as is she has an appetite for other people's music and is picking and choosing the stuff that she likes the best that feels like it fits Mm. into her universe Mm. and has Mm. pulled people in in a way that i'm like yes good good yeah it's not just this bubble yeah you know i love what you're saying here and that was one of the big motifs that jumped out to me was this sort of psychedelia like Mm. you know i think one of the ways that she maybe tripped up trying to open up new avenues for herself on the loneliest time was kind of like introspection sort of that was just a preview. If you enjoyed that and you want to hear the rest of the episode, plus at least three bonus episodes of the show per month, access to our Discord, and so many other perks, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash poppantheon or click the link in the show notes of this episode.